Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. You're listening to Firearms Cafe. I'm your host, Tony Brown. Today is Sunday, the 25th of October, 2009. to the show. On today's show, let's talk about Assembly Bill 962. For those of you who don't know what that bill is, I'll give a brief rundown of it. Uh, This is a bill that was passed in California. It was signed into law on October 11th of 2009 by Governor Schwarzenegger. It takes effect on February 1st of 2011. This is a quote from the bill. It said, This act shall be known and may be cited as the Anti-Gang Neighborhood Protection Act of 2009. So, isn't that a lovely name? This is what it does. The bill makes ammo vendors do the following. And it makes them record the date of the sale or other type of transaction. The purchasers or transferees driver's license or other identification number and the state in which it was issued, the brand, the type, and amount of ammunition sold or otherwise transferred, the purchaser's or transferee's signature, the name of the salesperson who processed the sale or the transaction, the right thumbprint of the purchaser or transferee, on the above form. If you read further on in the bill, it says that if the purchaser doesn't have a right thumb, they can use the fingers on their on their right hand. If they don't have a right hand, they can use the left thumb. If they don't have a left thumb, or they can use the fingers of the left hand. And if you know, but if they have no hands, uh, then they just make a note of that on the form. The purchaser or the transferees, excuse me full residential address and telephone number, and the person who's buying or or getting the ammo, their date of birth. And then it says, commencing on February 1st of 2011, the records required by this section shall be maintained on the premises of the vendor for a period of not less than five years from the date of the recorded transfer. And then it also, when they talk about straw purchases and things like that, there's a section that that says that the vendor shall not knowingly make a false entry, fail to make a required entry, fail to obtain the the thumbprint or or note, you know, the lack of of the person's ability to give one or otherwise fail to maintain the the required records in in the way that that it needs to be stored. It also goes on to say that the vendors will not and cannot refuse any law enforcement agency or arm of that agency from accessing those records as long as it's part of an investigation. 
And of course, the bill by doing requiring the vendors to get all this information requires you, as the person who's purchasing it, uh, you have to be willing to give all that info. Also, all sales have to be face-to-face sales, and it also outlaws or ends mail order ammunition purchases. So this means no more internet purchases. And I think it would end you being able to call up a store that you go to. Let's say on Monday you call them up and said, hey, I see that you're having a sale on 9mm. Here's my credit card number. Put back five boxes of ammo for me and I'll be in this Friday to pick them up. I can't get there before then. Well, I don't think you'd be able to do that because once they once you gave them your credit card number that would be the time of purchase and they couldn't get all that stuff from you because you wouldn't be face to face with them in the, now there were some questions and in theory the bill as it's written some people have said would make it illegal for the delivery person to transfer the ammo to the retailer unless both the people on that are doing that that transfer are on some type of an authorized vendor list I'm not sure how that's going to shake out or if even that's an issue. Um, Let's say the person who's receiving the ammo from the UPS guy, they're probably going to be a licensed vendor, but does the UPS guy have to be on some type of, you know, handgun vendor list? And does the UPS guy have to make sure that the vendor is in fact a vendor? Uh, But it looks like that stuff is covered, but it's hard to tell the stuff is worded so oddly. Now, I was also listening to Michael Bain's podcast, and he stated that there was a provision in the bill that wouldn't allow average Californians to be able to purchase things like speed loaders and magazines uh, by mail or over the internet. Again, with that, I'm not 100% sure about that stuff. As far as I could tell in reading the the past version of the bill it would prevent somebody who would be a prohibited possessor quote unquote from obtaining ammunition excuse me and ammunition would be defined as follows and this is a quote it would say that ammunition shall include but not be limited to any bullet cartridge magazine clip speed loader auto loader or projectile capable of being fired from a firearm with a deadly consequence, and blanks would not be considered a part of that. With this, I don't know if that would limit the average person from buying those things or not. If a retailer in California would say, well, since the government may consider those things as ammo, in the case of someone who is a prohibited possessor, are those things that I mentioned before, are they ammo and do we need to get all the same information? For selling those items and are those items then restricted from mail order or internet purchase i also think that those things could not be sold to a minor so that anyone under the age of 18 may not be able to buy a speed loader or magazines you know and the stuff we talked about before now also there's a provision that says that the vendor can sell handgun ammunition to someone who is over 18 but under 21 if they believe that it would be used in a rifle and not a handgun. I mean, if you think about it, 
let's look at 38 special, 357, 44 special, 44 magnum, 40 caliber, 9 millimeter. All that stuff can be fired in a rifle, so I'm not really sh sure how that would work either. Here's and then here's kind of the icing on the cake. Firearms dealers again are going to be required to maintain those records indefinitely, like we said before, and make them available for inspection by the California Department of Justice. And remember that those records have to be kept for a minimum of five years, uh, but there's nothing that says that those would have to be destroyed after that. So I don't know if some dealers would just say, well, we need to keep them just to cover our own butts. So uh, local dealers would, when you think about it, would have to just maintain just huge, just copious amounts of paper records. And the reason that they would have to have to be paper records and not electronic, and that would save a lot of space, is probably because of the thumb, the thumbprints or the fingerprint things. The cost of keeping all the, the records and everything, while they may not be super high, all those costs are going to be passed right on to the California people who aren't going to have an, a, um, any other choice but to purchase locally. So really, because they're keeping those records, what you have in effect is a de facto gun registration. Because most likely you're not going to buy handgun ammo for guns that you don't own. So it's not a big stretch to say that Person Q has been buying on a regular basis 9mm ammo. So it's logical to assume that he owns at least one 9mm handgun. And also, if you buy a lot of ammo... Are you going to be seen as a uh, quote-unquote person of interest? Are you going to be labeled as an extremist? Now, the exception to this would be if you had a friend who, let's say they had a 45 and you don't, and you're going out um, shooting, so you buy a couple of boxes to run through that person's gun. Okay, no big deal. And but let's say that that's something that you do on a regular basis. Now, let's run a little scenario and that there's been a string of random shootings and it's been done with a 45 and because the shootings are random the police really have no leads at the time and and they're just under tremendous pressure so they need to show the public that they're doing something well the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to look at ammo sales of 45s and they're going to see that you've been buying 45 ammo and that it just so happens that shortly after that, these random shootings started. And so you get the old, uh, you know, hello, I'm Detective Brown, and this is Detective Diamato, and we'd like to ask you a few questions. Well, we've noticed that you've been buying a lot of 45 ammo. Can we see your handgun? Uh, well, uh, I don't have one. What do you mean you don't have one? Why would you buy ammo for a gun that you don't have? That's, uh, that's kind of odd. Well, I, uh, I, ha I have a friend that has one, and he lets me shoot it when we go to the range. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure you don't mind if we speak to your friend so we can verify this, do you? Well, no, it's not a big deal. All right, well, what's his name and address? Oh, and uh, I'd like to see the ammo that you bought. Um, well, it's, it's over at my friend's house. I, I leave it there because it's, it's, you know, it's closer to the range, and also I don't want my kids to get into it. Oh, so you have none of it here, is that right? Well, yeah. 
According to the records, you've bought 200 rounds of ammo. So what you're telling me is that all of this ammo is over at your friend's house? No, no, not all. 200, only about 100 rounds because I shot the other 100 at the range. and So there's only a couple of boxes of, of 50 rounds each over there. So, you know, to the police, you're a person who's saying that you can't produce the handgun, you can't produce the ammo. So to them, you're going to be a person of interest. They're not going to cross you off that little list. And they're also, you've involved your friend in this investigation that's going on. And granted, yes, I know this is all just a pretend scenario, but that type of a crime where there's random shootings isn't pretend. We saw that um, with, the, what was his name, Lee Malvo. There was also a couple of guys here in Arizona that were basically randomly shooting people. So that type of thing does happen. This really is a do-nothing bill. It's a law that's going to place um, an undue burden on the law-abiding citizens, uh, basically soon-to-be subjects of California. And I th it just gives too much power over average the average citizen. Now, as far as uh, punishment or a crime being committed, it's a little confusing, and uh, they've said that the penal code section says that any person, corporation, or dealer who does any of the following shall be punished by imprisonment in a county jail for a term not to exceed six months or by a fine not to exceed $1,000 or by the imprisonment and the fine. Uh, so there, when it's talking about punishment, it's not saying that any person who's a vendor, it's actually saying just any person, corporation, or dealer. So then it goes on to say that if you sell handgun ammo to a person who is prohibited or who is a minor or someone between 18 and 21, that unless you, you could sell it to someone who is uh, between the 18 to 21 like we talked about before if you could give them ammo if it was going to if you knew it was going to be used in a um, in a rifle and again I don't know really how you would be able to tell that uh, and in, in in this thing that when they're talking about the punishment and saying that you couldn't sell it to a person who was a minor or was prohibited they use the definition of ammo of being that thing of the speed loaders, the, um, what was it? Uh, speed loaders, magazine clips, auto loaders. Uh, so it, it's, it's not very well, and it's not very clearly written out of, of what you sort of can and can't do. Um, and there's another part that says if you supply, uh, delivers, uh, or gives possession of any ammo to a minor who you know or using reasonable care should know is prohibited from possessing that ammunition. So, and again, I'm not sure if California law says that a minor can't possess any ammunition. So let's say, and if that's the case, let's say that you had a 16-year-old um, nephew and he... Let's say that that 16-year-old nephew has, through his dad, he has a 38 revolver. And you have a couple of speed loaders. I don't think you could give them to him as a birthday present because as a minor, he's not allowed to have any or possess any ammunition. And if that makes him a prohibited possessor, then those, those speed loaders fall under that definition of then being ammunition. And again, you know, the intent is to keep the ammo out of the hands of, 
gang members and people who who are criminals. Um, but it, it's uh, again, it, it's just a do nothing thing. Now, I had heard when this thing was first coming down the pipe that you wouldn't be able to give a family member or a friend who was who would be a legal possessor more than 50 rounds of uh, handgun ammunition at a time. I didn't see anything in the bill that made any reference to that, and if that is still the case, uh, either somebody drop me an email or leave me a message over on the forums and, and let me know on that. But it didn't seem that that would be part of it. So I would, I think you could still go to the range, and uh, if your buddy ran out of ammo, you could then give him, uh, let's say if you're out there shooting 22s or whatever, and you could just pass him the brick and say, oh, here, keep this for yourself or something. I, but I'm not sure. This show is part of the Gun Rights Radio Network. Podcasting freedom. One show thingy at a time or something like that. I don't know. Now, there was, there was no support from uh, the Attorney General, which was Attorney General Brown of the, uh, of the state of California. There wasn't any support from any uh, law enforcement organization. And in fact, about 15 sheriffs, I think, wrote letters opposing it. Um, now, L.A. Police Chief, uh, what's his name, William Bratton, and let's see, Sacramento Police Chief Rick Brazil supported it. But, you know, those guys, uh, they obviously have political agendas. And when we look at it from a monetary standpoint, what is this? What is this uh, assembly bill or law going to do now for California? How is it going to help them? Millions of dollars in local revenues and state taxes are going to be lost at a time when every single penny counts, because the Californians who choose not to be fingerprinted, they're just going to drive to Arizona or Oregon or maybe Nevada, and they'll spend their money in those states because they don't want to be registered. They're going to be willing to pay that extra expense and time and money not to be registered. And in the end, there's really going to be no benefit to the people of California. There'll be no benefit to law enforcement. There'll be no significant or even real reduction in crime, nor will anyone be made any safer. Uh, the drug dealers, the gang members, the uh, other criminals, they're still going to get their guns the way that they always have, and they're going to get their ammunition the way that they always have. It'll just be done illegally. Uh, and again, this is just a bad law, just any way you look at it. Now, I think that there will be huge runs on ammo in California. Also, maybe from some of the internet dealers before this thing goes into effect. And if I lived in California, I'd be trying to buy a lifetime supply of both ammunition for the, all the calibers that I have or thought that I was going to get maybe in the future. And I would also try to buy as much of the reloading components as I could get my hands on. Uh, so I'd be buying just tons of primers. Uh, I would try and buy... Uh, you know, as much powder as I could, as much as many of the bullets as I could before those probably get uh, made illegal for you to possess. Oh, and that's another thing. All this, all this stuff also applies to reloaded ammunition. If you live in California, what can you do? 
um, the NRA as well as the California Rifle and Pistol Association or the CRPA they're trying to sponsor a new bill to repeal uh, 962 before it goes into effect and this is going to be assembly bill 373 and if you google uh, California Rifle and Pistol Association or assembly bill 373 you'll find a bunch of links and info on what you can do uh, the main thing here is not to give up if you live there and not to roll over and take it but you gotta fight it with everything you've got you need to constantly complain you need to call and write every single day to your officials call them or email them make them just rue the day that 962 ever came into existence and we tend to think of these that these type of things that they can't be turned back but really they can uh, it's going to be a lot of hard work and it's going to be a long hard fight but it can be done but it won't get done unless everybody out there who's a gun owner starts doing it and starts fighting and starts making those calls and starts sending in those emails if you live in California, again, call them every day and email them every day and ask, hey, what are you doing to repeal 962 before it goes in effect? Ask, where are we, uh, where are we getting, uh, where are we on getting this thing repealed? Because this is a terrible bill. If you're not a member of the NRA, you need to join now. And if you live in California, you need to join the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Um, because they're the organizations that are really going to be able to help push a lot of this stuff through. Now, I guess we could look on the other hand and say that if the incorporation case goes our way, and the Second Amendment is going to be seen as a right on the state level, there might be a way to say that this ammo registration scheme is an infringement on my civil rights as I'm a law-abiding citizen. You can't make me, you know, register for, for this stuff and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't know. So it's it's all kind of up in the air right now. But I tell you, when I had heard that that, that had got signed in uh, into law, boy, it was just sort of like a, just a kick in the stomach. And I live in Arizona, so this doesn't affect me immediately. Uh, there is that old saying, though, that, you know, as, as California goes, so goes the rest of the nation. But I really don't think that this thing is going to spread. Uh, we've seen that things recently that California has enacted haven't swept the country. Things like the, the uh, you know, bans on hunting and lead ban bans on uh, lead ammunition, things like that, were all voted down. I, I do think maybe other states probably that aren't very pro-gun or that are in fact anti-gun states like Illinois, states like Massachusetts, Hawaii, I think we might see something like that go into effect. Or they may wait a little bit and see how things play out to see whether this thing gets repealed or not. And uh, even if it does, they may still go ahead and try and, and pass those and see if, well, maybe in our state we can kind of keep it this way. Well, that's going to kind of wrap it up for today. If I've gotten something wrong on the bills or misread or misunderstood something on there, shoot me an email and let me know. But what I don't want to hear is, you know, Jerry down the street at the diner said, you know, such and such. If, if there's something that I've misread in this or gotten it wrong, 
let me know, but then give me a source where I can go and look it up. All right, if you, speaking of that, if you want to contact me, go ahead and drop me an email at firearmscafe at gmail.com, or you can uh, contact me over at the forums. Uh, the best way to do it is, though, is through the email. Um, I check that, you know, pretty regularly. Uh, probably I'm on there more than I'm over on the forums. So uh, that's going to do it. You guys stay safe, stay informed, and if you're living in California, fight this thing with everything you got. Take care, guys. Bye. I'm really glad you corrected me. People are always really glad when they're corrected. Initiating shutdown sequence.